pulque. Yeah, it's kind of like pulque, but it not not that with that accent at the end. It's pulque. Okay. Pulque, sí. Um, I do beer. You do beer. <laughs> <laughs> Is it smart of you or? <laughs> no, it's um. Well, actually, you you with the pulque you can make a lot of combinations. You can you can mix beer with pulque as well, and uh, we called uh, back in the time they used to call this uh, tornillo. Okay. Tornillo. You mix it, and after three, you're done. <laughs> See, it's a very very high percent of alcohol. The beer, for example, it's got uh, around like four percent alcohol, and the pulque. The pulque is around 3.5 and 4.5. It depends why. Uh, it depends. It depends because it, um, the the process of fermentation. It's very hard uh, for you to get pulque in this area because uh, the the pulque plant goes only in the center of Mexico. You can you can find it in Toluca. You can find it in, in Puebla. You can find it in Mexico City. Uh, Morelos, all that all that area. It's where you can find this uh, maguey for the uh, so you can get the pulque out of, out of it. In this part, all the way down south in the in the Mexican Republic, it's very very hard. I think we are the only ones in the whole Riviera Maya that does the the fresh pulque mm -hmm. uh, because there's no the plant and to get it all the way over here, it's very very hard. I have to bring it all the way from Mexico City in in uh, in the airplane. Okay, and because I, I understand also that part of what this makes this drink special is that you can't uh, process it completely and make it completely and then transport it. That transport agitates it. See, we, we, we call that the se golpea el pulque. The translation would be we, you hit the pulque. When it's like a milkshake, for, for example, if you put the milk inside of a blender, you blend it, you're going to have this kind of foam, no? What happens with the pulque? Because the pulque, the pulque has got this uh, kind of like saliva, um, um, uh, like body. Uh, all this, uh, all this uh, saliva will be coming like the foam, and then you, everything uh, behind it is gonna be like watery, and that's not the idea to, to right. delay, delay the, the the pulque, you know. And I just had a sip. I'll have another one. And it tastes a bit like beer. It's, it sort of has a, a sweet, weedy kind of taste to it, I think. See, see uh, the weedy flavor, it's because it's, it comes from a green plant, you know, the maguey. Uh, the, the process, it's, um, it's very organic. Uh, you see all these uh, very handcraft, you know, you see all these guys uh, up in the, um, in the mountains. What they do, it's... This, this um, uh, for example, the tequila or the mezcal, they, they do distillations. In this one, they do fermentation. Why you make a, a distillation uh, from the maguey plant? Because it's full of sugar. If you want to make a rum, for example, you use the cane, the sugar cane, right? And then you put the sugar cane, do the fermentation, then after you have the rum. Right here, with the tequila and the mezcal, the tequila you use the blue agave, and the, me the mezcal you use the maguey, it's very similar family, but the thing is that in the pineapples, that means they take off all the leaves from the plant, and inside of the plant, it's full of sugars. The, the especially maguey um, for the pulque, it's, it's got more sugars than any other uh, plant, I think, and what they do is that they go in the middle of the plant, and then they scratch the plant. 
then uh, when the, the plant is going to start to kind of like bleed some sugar, we call that aguamiel. Before to be pulque is aguamiel. So they take all this aguamiel and then they put it to fermentation. Once it's fermentation, uh, it's done, it, it becomes in pulque. And this is, like you mentioned, uh, mezcal, tequila, they come from the same plant, the maguey? The, the maguey, see. And the, it's also a, a, a plant that's very important to Mexico in general. I, I understand they made rope and uh, lots of other things from that see, plant see, as well. Uh, yeah, you can, you can make a lot of things out of the, out of the maguey plant. Like, like you just said already, uh, rope, you can make some uh, um, clothes too right. with all these fibers from the maguey. Uh, for example, they use the, the there's some, some kind of like a little cuticula they take out of the leaf and then they use it, they use it for cooking. Okay, yeah. And the leaves, I understand even too, that you, you'll use the leaves to cover up uh, like a pot or, or something like that. See, well, that's a, steam or? that's a very particular thing they do over in the center of Mexico, particularly in the state of Hidalgo. Uh, sometimes Puebla too, uh, Estado de México as well, but what they do is they do the barbacoa. That, uh, the barbacoa de borrego, you know, the, the barbacoa de borrego is uh, the lamp, barbacoa. So what's happen what happens in there? They, they see the, the lamp right there, you know, standing in the, uh, in the middle of the beautiful hills. So they grab it and they then uh, the, the meat is fresh, you know, they, they put some kind of like um, a hole, like a pit underground. Right. Yeah. They hit some stones and they, then after they cover the, the hole with this, uh, with these pencas, the leaves. That's how, how we call these uh, leaves uh, from the maguey, they call pencas. And so then after they put inside the, the, um, the ship, you know, all cut in pieces and then you have this uh, barbacoa. It, it's wonderful because sometimes you can add some pul pulque too. Depends on the area and the, the recipe from the different families, you know, they do this, this uh, barbacoa. But sometimes they add pulque, sometimes they add beer as well for it to go a little bit soft, you know, the meat goes a little bit soft. Here in La Perla, we, uh, we do the barbacoa only on Sundays morning. It's very, very tasty. We've been very lucky to show another little part of Mexico, you know, to the to the foreigners and also the local people. That's uh, most of the um, the clients we, we, we have here in La Perla. We just opened uh, we, like two years ago on uh, December 12th. It's the day of the, the Virgin Maria, you know, on December 12th. So we, we feel kind of blessed, you know. After two years, it's been very, very hard uh, path. We, we, we've been walking. Because you have all these restaurants, you know, presuming to be like uh, Mexican restaurants and, and for real guys, me uh, Mexican food is not only fajitas and burritos. I think uh, real Mexican food, it's, it's got more, more soul, you know, it's got more ingredients, even pre-Hispanic, you know, uh, like the insects. There's a little insect that lives inside of the maguey plant, we call that the chiniquil or gusano de maguey, the worm. So, that's very, very useful. It's very pre-Hispanic. We, we have it here in La Perla as well, you know, and, and so the grasshoppers, the, the escamoles, the escamoles, it's this larva from the ants, you know. So there's different kind of meal, and, and that's not fajitas and burritos, you know. You're gonna find in some kind of Taco Bell or something like that, you know.
I, yeah, I, 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 and that's part of the reason that we're here is to, to see a little bit more of the true uh, Mexico, right? And uh, one thing I thought was really interesting about the polka was um, how tied it, w it is to Mexican history. Um, I don't know how well versed you're on that, but can you tell us a little bit about how uh, the origins of it? Well, the origins, it's a... Um it, it comes out of the prehispanic, you know? That's because we say the pulque, it's uh, the beverage of gods, the la bebida de los dioses. Uh, why is that? Because back in the time, all these uh, Aztecs, the, the ones that were living most of it in, in that area of the center of Mexico, uh, it was only allowed to drink for gods, for old people, for pregnant women and children. If you were like a regular guy, like a regular person with none of those uh, characteristics, you were killed. Like, they used to cut your head off. Why? Because um, the, 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 the pulque, for example, for example, for the old people, it's got a lot of proteins. It's got a lot of uh, calcium. It's got a lot of properties that will heal you. Uh, the, 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 the pregnant woman, it, it uh, helps you for, for producing more milk, you know, and the children is very, very, very uh, nutritional stuff inside, you know. And gods, well, they're gods <laughs> at the end, <laughs> no. And then, well, that, uh, that was pretty much the starting of the, of the pulque. Uh, they say the, um, the or w back in the time they used to call it octli. That's a properly uh, word for pulque, octli. And, um, well, then after, when the revolution came over, uh, you know, all these uh, uh, farmers were fighting, you know, to, to make their own uh, independence from all these uh, Spanish colonies that came over, you know. And so, uh, for, for feeding themselves, they on their basic um, basket was pulque, rice and beans. The, it's, it's very, it's very uh, crazy, this idea, you know. The pulque was the first thing they used to have because it was very, it was very nutritional, a lot of proteins. Every, they say the pulque needs one more uh, grade for it to be meat, a piece of meat. Yeah, I, I, I read that. So that's just with the protein content? Yeah, it, yeah everything, the, the protein content. The makeup? And, and the cool thing about it that makes you drunk. <laughs> yeah, it, it's a different kind of it's, it's a different kind of drunk because um, I don't know. For example, if you have some other kind of beverage, you're gonna get drunk and it, sometimes in a bad way, you know. But with right, pulque, yeah. you're gonna have some this kind of um, illusional alcoholic thing like, in your like mind. Like hallucinations. Yeah, sometimes, sometimes. Yeah. So they talk about that with uh, drinks like absinthe too. Is it sort of similar? Yeah, uh, yeah, pretty much similar. That's because they, the the gods used to drink this, so they can have these visions. Uh, you know. And you you mentioned that too that uh, eventually that changed after the revolution, and drunkenness became a bit of a problem associated with the, with the drink. The public drunkenness is sort of I think that was the 1600s see, or so. See see see. I mean uh, after the revolution was gone, um, well people loved always uh, the pulque. Why? Because it was a very very cheap uh, beverage, and well. Uh, for example, you used to go to these pulquerias. Uh, it's like uh, the the place where they sell uh, the pulque, and it was very very um, 
very curious because you used to enter there and then it was a male's area and then like a little room in the corner in the corner was the woman and the children's area so they were like apart you know and the the guys used to get drunk right there you know and then the women used to drink pulque for feeding their children you know that okay, was yeah, a, a yeah. crazy thing but right now uh, there's there's some of those pulquerias already um, over in Mexico City already and um, it's uh it's kind of it's kind of weird because right now they're all mixed together and if you ask me how um, percent of my clients will drink pulque I think the 80 percent of of women comes over here to drink pulque and is that so does that reaches back to that idea that hey this is this is something that's healthy and nutritious for me yeah yeah obviously the idea for that and the taste the taste of the pulque it's uh, very very sweet you know it's it's something uh, not like a rum or like a tequila or a vodka that that you have this little sip of it and it's it's very very strong you can flew with um, uh, with that pulque you know all night no problem well there's a there's a woman right here my wife I wonder have a sip tell me what you think because she's not uh, like a beer drinker really that's nice that's really nice. It is, there is a, it does sort of have that taste of beer, but no, like it's... Yeah, that's because, uh, that's because the fermentation process, you know, as the, the beer, for example... Kind of taste to it. The, the one you're having right now, it's natural, natural flavor. Uh, yeah, it's, it's some kind of juice, it's some kind of juice uh, that comes out of the plant. But this one you're having right now, it's natural. We... We uh, know some other kind of pulque that we call curado. The, cu the curado it's with some kind of fruit, for example, or you can do it with some kind of seed, like uh, oatmeal, peanuts, nuts, um, a piñon, uh, or strawberry, or uh, coconut, pineapple, whatever. You blend it with a little bit of sugar, and then after you have a different flavor, you know? That's interesting. So. But I, as I, well, I was sort of looking through the history of it, I, I saw also that it hit a sort of peak of popularity. And then beer sort of came over through the Europeans and beer really replaced pulque. See, there, there, was a, there was some uh, very interesting uh, history about the, the fighting between pulque and beer. The pulque has got a, a process um, very particular, very rustic, and well, you, right now the, all these uh, brewings are super, super huge. All these guys that does uh, the the beer, you know, so they they start to impact, you know, the the people with beer. But then what what happened? The the other side had the pulque was cheaper, you know, the process was more natural, and so what the 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 people from the beer started to say that the pulque used to be uh, the uh, fermentation with some kind of like uh, like sheep or cold poop yeah you know the, 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 the idea was something like a bag of human feces that they would see, put see, near see. It that's 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 what the that's what the beer is the like brewers the, yeah, the brewer started, started to say yeah there's any truth to that there's any truth this to that it's just a smear there's campaign. there's there's some kind of um, use from this poop because um, it's it's not that you put the poop inside right. the poop goes outside 
for it to uh, to keep uh, in a temperature. Okay. For it to to heat, it's not that you put the, the poop inside and then no, it's, yeah. it it keeps like that. It's like if you put something in the freezer, it's gonna get cold. Right uh, back in the time, they they used to have like the the poop for it to keep in a certain temperature for it to do the fermentation. So, but then the those European brewers would say sort of start these rumors and and start contrast it with oh hey our beer is very very clean and See, everything like that and that it sort of worked though. See, it's, it, it, it did work. But right now, the people it's starting to understand that, for, exam for example, I, I know that Corona is not allowed to be sold over in, in some uh, countries in Europe because all these uh, cancer things they have already, you know, because it's, they don't do it like they do it back in the time. You know, right now, it's uh, the industry, it's super huge and super big, and, and it's like a monopoly right now. Mm -hmm. And with the pulque, for example, you get it for cheap, it's very natural, gives you a lot of proteins, and you get deep sea in a cool way. Yeah. And uh, that's something that you brought here to, to your restaurant. Like you say, there aren't a lot of places in this part of Mexico where, where you can get. Why was it important for you to bring this drink here to La Perla? Okay, well, actually, um, La Perla concept, it was started with the idea of keeping the Mexican roots alive. Why I'm, I'm trying to do this because, well, if you if you were here like 10 years ago to Playa del Carmen, Playa del Carmen was uh, the jungle everywhere. You used to see like all these parrots, monkeys and everything, you know, it was very wild area. And after 10 years, it was gone, you know, they built some huge malls and then uh, they have these McDonald's and all these plastic things for me. Then. I started to, to think, well, me and my wife started to think about this idea of, of loving Mexico and making people to understand what Mexico is about. It's, it's not about just some, some kind of people riding uh, donkeys and wearing hats, you know. I think that the Mexican culinary um, restaurant, it's very important to keep them alive. And the only places you find these Mexican culinary places, it's if you go up in the hills in Mexico, if you go deep in the towns in Mexico, there's where you're gonna f find these recipes, these ingredients, you know, that's very particular from this area. So we did a scouting all around Mexico, me and my wife, and we found find all these uh, artisans that, that does these kind of uh, products, you know. Uh, so we bring them over here to, to La Riviera Maya and we created this, this concept. There's a lot of Mexican restaurants in Playa del Carmen, but not like real Mexican restaurants. And so pulque was a big part of honoring no. that history? Pulque came after. Uh, pulque came after. Uh, at the beginning, there's some way to bring, it up, to bring it all the way over here, but the only way to bring it over here was uh, doing the pasteurization. Is, is that right? Pasteurized? Uh, pasteur, yeah, pasteurization. Yeah. Pasteurization. But what happens if you do the pasteurization to the pulque? It, it loses some, some uh, I don't know, like uh, the texture. It loses the, some kind of flavor as well. Some uh, proteins, uh, some, some things, some cool things that real pulque has got inside. They sell it in a can or they sell it in a bottle. You know that's that's not pulque. That's that's something you go to the to the store and you go open the freezer and you get it. You know that's that's not handcraft. 
that's not hand, hand cut at all. So I started to do it like that, and I thought I, I, I thought myself to bring it all the way over here because the need of the people. There's a lot of people that lives here from Hidalgo or all these areas from the center of Mexico that we're living here since 10 years. They haven't gone back to their town since 10, 10 years. So once you bring this over and they have the first sip, they start to cry because you take them back when they were when they were a child, you know, you take them back to their to their family. Just a child and they had their first sip of, of pulque. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. It's a uh, very curious. And right now uh, I'm the only one that does this. And if you want to have like a successful um, restaurant or whatever you do, it needs to be something original. So you don't have any competition. It's like if you want to set up like an Italian restaurant in Playa del Carmen, you're going you're gonna to find it hard. You know, if you want to set up like, um, I don't know, like an Argentinian restaurant, you're gonna find it hard, the way, you know. But if you if you do something original, you're gonna uh, you're gonna see the smiley the smiles uh, in people's faces, you know. And so, what about polka? Do you think that there is a future just beyond just here in your restaurant? But is there a, a future for it uh, throughout Mexico beyond just Central Mexico, like you say, where it is mostly? See, right now uh, we have this um, group of people, uh, we, we call them hipsters, uh, yes. pretty much. Uh, th these people, it's not wrong, these people, it's, it's alright, you know. Uh, they, they try to go back to roots, they try to go back to basics, you know. And what's ba basic about? Pulque. That's uh, very basic about. And it's natural. There's a lot of vegan people that come over and, and they have some, some pulque, you know, instead of beer because they, they read the tag and they see what's inside of the beer already. You know? So, yeah, I think it's a, it's a big uh, a market right now, a very interesting market. If you go over to the center, you're going to find a lot, a lot of pulquerias because they're finding out what's going on with the pulque right now. People, it's more interested. They're uh, more informed of what they uh, put inside of their bodies instead of a bottle of vodka. You know, and so yeah, I think there's a big, uh, big, big market for pulque right now. Great, Alberto. Thanks so much. Really uh, appreciate the thank time. You, thank you so much. It's yeah. always my pleasure, and I wanna invite all your audience to come over to Playa del Carmen, visit Mexico, and of course visit La Perla if they wanna have like a very Mexican culinary experience. Awesome. Thanks so much. Thank you. Thank really you appreciate it. So before you go, maybe I can just... I started selling for, for liters, liters a week. Okay, yeah. And right now I sell, I think it's around 200 liters a week I sell. Wow. And you do a lot of uh, mezcal too. Like yeah, yeah I have different kind of mezcals from different areas, from yeah. Mexico. And that's that's a big hipster drink in Toronto right now. Right now? Is the mezcal. See, yeah, right. well, it's a, for example, the distillation of the tequila, the, te the tequila, is, it's got a lot of demand right now. So what they do to, to, to hold this demand, it's, they do this industrial distillation. Right. Pretty much like whiskey, pretty much like vodka, like any other industrial distillation. And it loses this traditional concept. Right. 
back in the time used to be for low people, for poor, you know, the tequila or the mezcal. The mezcal. The, I heard that, sir, like the workers' tequila. See, kind of it, thing was, call, it, right? it was for poor people, but right. it, it, it's becoming uh, very important. For example, the tequila at first, they started to bring all these um, nice tequilas to different kind of parts of the world, and people started to say, oh, tequila, yeah, for Mexico. And then if right away, think of Mexico, tequila. That's it. Oh, I want some something Mexican. Oh, Mexican. Oh, a bottle of tequila. Mm -hmm. No, a shot of tequila. But right now, the tequila, it's it's got no um, uh, handcraft distillation. Instead, the mezcal, it's 100% uh, uh, artisanal distillation. I mean artisanal because there's only uh, a, a few amount of uh, liters they do a distillations. They they call it uh, lots. No, uh, different number of liters. It, it can be maybe a thousand liters, two thousand liters, five thousand liters, and that's it. Right. One lot. Okay. And then after they, why? Because uh, for example, the tequila plant it takes I think three years, maybe one year with all these things they put inside already, for it to be ready for distillation. The 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 mezcal, for example, it takes. From depends on the plant. There's around like 50 different kind of plants for yeah. you to do distillations, but it takes in between uh, eight or 15 or 20 years for it to be ready for distillation. And pulque, pulque is like that too, where it takes see, many years for. See, it the, to I think the pulque will take around something like that. Yeah, in between nine and 12 years for distillation. Yeah. Depends. It's like um, it's getting the sugar content up, or see, depends on the area. De depends on the area. For it's, uh, it's the, I think the the mezcal and the wine, it's very very similar. The in the one in the wine you have different kind of grapes, different kind of area, different kind of earth, right? Uh, minerals on the earth, different kind of uh, I don't know flowers around the area. Yeah. Uh, the whole environment. Everything. The whole environment. The air, environment. The that's water, be the that's because soil. there's different kind of uh, right. nets. You have Shiraz, you have Cabernet, you have yeah. white wine, you have no different kind of wines. In the mezcal, it's it's very similar, I think, because you have different kind of magueyes. Okay. You have from the, different regions. Yeah, there's there's magueyes like two or three meters tall, and right. there's some like I don't know, 50 centimeters yeah. big, you know. So if you have a two-meter uh, maguey for you to do a bottle distillation, I think you need like five probably, and it takes nine years. But if you have a 50 centimeters, like Tobala, for example, yeah. it, it, you need maybe like 10 different small plants, you know, and, and that's because it, it, the prices goes a little bit lower, a little bit higher, because how many plants you need, how many years the plant takes, which uh, areas you grow the um, you grow the mezcal? There's there's only a few um, places in Mexico when you when the, where the denomination will be mezcal. There's some other places it's only destilado de maguey. It's yeah. not mezcal. It's got the same process and everything, but it's not uh, because it's not destilated in those areas. It cannot called be it cannot be called mezcal. And mezcal can go can be exported anywhere. Because it has a different process, right? But you like say it's smaller batch or, or lot, sí. I think you said, right? But uh, uh, the poke, it's it can't be really exposed. No. Can you so it's it's about like you say being hit. So how, how do you can you say again? I, I sort of missed that. How you how you bring it here? Okay, it's a very um, 
I, I, don't, I don't know how you guys call when when you contraband. <laughs> okay. <laughs> Some kind of no, no yeah, it's yeah, not it's illegal. A, it's not yeah, illegal, but, but sort of a, yeah, I I bring it over in, in a plane. Okay. That's because, for example, one liter of pulque in the um, in Mexico City and all that area it can be between 10 pesos to 25 pesos one liter one right liter. right here for example I I have to yeah. sell the liter around 80 pesos or a hundred or a yeah. hundred and twenty pesos yeah why is that because I I fly over the plane yeah yeah I fly the the, yeah. the, the, the pulque and then I have to tip the guys for them to put it in the first flight and then I, I have to, well, the, the airport is like an hour away from here. So because it comes on my name, I need to go personally go to pick go it pick up. it up. So it's two hours of my life, yeah. the gas of my car. Yeah. Uh, I have to pay a rent over in the Fifth Avenue, which is a little yeah. bit expensive. And uh, which is why you're also the only person here in this area that's really yeah. serving it. The, the only one I can tell you, guarantee you that I'm the only one yeah. uh, selling the pulque because it's a really hard job for me to do, but I, I it, it gets it gets paid when the people goes happy. Yeah. Who is drinking it more, locals or tourists? Uh, well, right. Like you say, is it is it the, is um, it the hipsters that are saving you? See, or? see, no, no. Yeah, I think it's everybody. Eh? The, we don't have like a like a like a particular target client. I think it doesn't matter. They they come over and they just want they're just thirsty and they just wanna. Calm the this hot from this area, and they want to drink pulque. Uh, that's because we're very on in uh, with not very formal restaurant. You know, right. you can wear your flip flops, no problem. It's a palapa, wide open. Yeah. You know, and so yeah, there's some hipsters that comes over, but there's there's also the the. Even though I'm in the Fifth Avenue, my target is local people. I don't care if they're from from Chiapas. I don't care if they're from all the way north. I don't care if they're as long as they come over here and want to spend a good time and want to try something from their roots, they're allowed. Yeah. You know? And, well, as long as they understand what they're doing, no problem. No, we're, we're very open. We're very open. Because uh, you are in a very, like, touristy spot, like, see, just off of it. See, but right. you're basically right on Fifth Avenue, like, very, very... Like the tourist street in, in Playa del Carmen. Well, I, I don't know. For example, if you go like today, like right now to the Fifth Avenue, you're going to see the restaurants are empty. Why is that? Because right now it's low season. There's no tourists coming around. Right. And if you, if you come over, you're going to see some people right now in La Perla. Why? Because we work with local people. Yeah. You know, the tourist that comes over, it's, it's very, I think they're smart tourists. No, they're smart foreigners because they they come already with this idea of having something real Mexican. Yeah, you know because they they don't uh, uh, go with this idea of having Mexican restaurant and like I said before, getting some nachos. No, yeah. that's who invented nachos? No, who's nacho? <laughs> no, I don't even know nacho. Yeah, so. I don't know the the people that comes over here. I think they're very smart because they come wide open. It's very, it's very um, uh, cool thing for me to see people getting some grasshoppers in their in their mouth, yeah. you know. And there's some other people, of course, that you show them the grasshoppers and they do this face like yuck, yeah, <laughs> you know, like my wife, yeah, yeah. kind of <laughs> like that. But you, you, 
but then after you talk to them, you tell them, have you been in McDonald's? Yeah, uh, yeah yes, of course, I've been there, you know. And have you tried some hamburger from McDonald's? Oh, yes, yeah, I love McDonald's. Are you sure that's meat? Are you sure that's got some proteins? Are you sure that something is going to feed you? Yeah. Are you sure that's something healthy? If you have like, uh, I don't know, 100 grams of grasshoppers, it, it's going to have more proteins than 10 hamburgers from McDonald's. What, it's not even an animal. It's got no nerves, you know, like a piece of meat. You know, it's, a, it's just an insect. And then you put it inside of, of, your mind, of your mouth and it's very, very tasty and it's got a lot of proteins and that's pretty much what you can eat, eat all the rest of your life, no problem. There you go. You want some grasshoppers then? <laughs> okay. See, I'm gonna, I'm gonna send Alvaro for some grasshoppers so, so you guys can try them on. Awesome. Wow. Uh, well, I've never heard of this Pre-Hispanic, like it's not, yeah. Paid, I've never paid attention to it until I was looking at your menu, and I think that that's interesting because there's often the uh, you Mexican food is like burritos, tacos, especially tacos in Toronto are very. You get your barbacoa, you get your small tacos. That's very popular. I can't tell you how many taco restaurants are open in the city. No, no. But uh, this pre-Hispanic food, looking at your menu, I've never heard. And that's like real Mexican. That's real Mexican, of course. It's like pre-colonization. Yeah. yeah. Is that yeah. sort of a feeling too that that's exists in Mexico of like the... Remember that time before the, the, before the Spanish? The, 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 yeah, because that's, a, that's something you don't really, really uh, talk to everybody, you know? Remember that time because it's like, remember your great, 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 and then your great, 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 grand, great, grand, great parents? You know, and you don't even know if, if, if that great, great, great was only Spanish, you know, because there's been a lot of mix of cultures right now in Mexico. Yeah. But well, it goes back many, many years. Yeah, right? oh, to the, to the pre-Hispanic uh, right. time, you know, and, and what these guys had, that's because they were very strong. They were warriors for fighting, you know, they, they were very, very smart. Uh, so what they, they put inside of their body, their body was really their temple, you know? And so what they, what they had, it was only what they founded in the, in the different areas, you know? Like the grasshoppers is very common in, in Oaxaca, Chiapas, uh, some, some parts of Puebla as well, you know? The, the chiniquiles, there's some big ones, small ones, red ones, black ones, uh, white ones. You gonna do it? Have you done this before? I had a, I had a live cricket once. Okay, I'm do Not a grasshopper though. All right. Yeah, this. like that. Oh wow. It's like okay. a chip. These these uh, grasshoppers okay. are crunch. Are uh, cooked with uh, these grasshoppers are cooked with lime and garlic. Well, it's delicious. No. Uh -huh. <laughs> not bad if you just actually get over the fact that it's like. A you know, I, I think Just we're conditioned to know that it's like you don't eat insects, you don't eat insects, but it's good. Yeah, it's very, very good. The, um, the escamoles, uh, I told you earlier, it's a larva, the larva from the ant. So, so imagine about these guys going, going on inside of the earth, you know, where, they, where the ants, and grab their eggs, their larvas. They're full of uh, ants all around. You know, so they take them out, they clean it, and that's what we call the, the caviar as the, I mean, the escamol as the Mexican caviar. Yeah. 
Okay, yeah. So it's it's also very expensive, you know, right. but it's very very tasty. A lot of proteins. We do that with we cook the escamoles with pulque, a little bit of bu uh, butter and uh, onion. Yeah. Goes uh, salted. Very 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 tasty. Is is that is that sort of that feeling going back to that sort of pre-Hispanic thought of and sort of when beer came over and the Europeans sort of came over was there ever the sort of this pro-Mexican sentiment of saying like hey Mexicans drink pulque not beer did that ever exist or does that exist yeah yeah that does exist actually there's some areas all, all they do is pulque they don't even know beer I mean sometimes uh, we know Mexico uh, as a place that's very civilized but there's some areas in Mexico if you visit they don't they don't have anything or TVs or internet or they live and grow wild completely wild you know and so what they do is living the the way their ancestors used to live you know this uh, natural way they grow their chicken they grow their their guajolotes their their sheep you know everything so so they can feed themselves out of what earth really offers them you know See, right now, well, there's everything around here, you know, like fancy hotels and, you know, nice roads or, or fancy cars, uh, uh, high speed of internet as well. But, man, Mexico, it's still a very, very cool country. Well, yeah, you know? I noticed that coming in um, over the flyovers from the airport, you're going over that major highway, 330 or something. Uh -huh. And then you have, it, to me, it looked like India. I'm, I'm Indian, and I've been to India, and just the, some of the buildings and the way that it, it just resembled India, and, and how like you have these massive resorts, and then you have like very poor-looking areas, sure. and um, just the the, the just the, the contrast, the contrast, yeah, yeah. Of the two is just amazing, and then you think like you know you're you're out here in Mexico, it's relatively. The, I'm trying to explain. Yeah, it's hard to, it's like it's hard to explain. Like they're wealthy parts, there's like, like there's yeah. and there's such a culture and history. There's such great divides. Hey, that's a, that's because one of the reasons right now Mexico is having a very hard time in the political uh, topic because I don't know. You, we we see this president, you know, wearing all this, or or her wife wearing all these uh, super expensive fancy dresses or buying a. Ten million dollar house, or uh, you know, and and you you think about all these people that really li lives in these places. These, these places nobody knows, you know. These places it's very hard for you to get all the way over there because there's no even roads for you to get. You need to ride a horse or or the donkey or walk for weeks for you to and arrive. That still to this. exists. Yeah, of course, of course it does, you know. And that's because we, we uh, Mexicans are kind of. Um, uh, sad to look at this at this guy, you know, uh, Presidente Peña Nieto, spending a lot of money in some things the people doesn't need, and spending things uh, for what he needs, you know. And I think I think he needs to keep his uh, people happy, and he needs to to change some other things he's 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 doing, you know, for the good of the people, for the Mexican people. Hopefully that turns around somehow. Yeah, that's I don't know uh, how how that ha happens. Maybe you need a, maybe a new president, but uh, maybe maybe a new president, or it's maybe also the town. You know, the people. That's 
right. that's that's around him and that's because I, I wanted to create something out of the system you know I I have to pay a lot of taxes here but I all these uh, ingredients I grab them out of the um, it's local ingredients you know it's not that I go to the supermarket and go buy them no I go right to the to the people that brings it brings it out of the earth so I, they don't pay taxes you know but even though I don't care I help them somehow you know the, as well like like the distillation of the mezcal uh, like um, all these um, uh, guys that knows knows how to do the preparation as well because it needs it needs some kind of preparation for you to have a soup or whatever you know in La Perla, Tlayuda, very typical from Oaxaca the chocolate, it's handmade chocolate, you know so yeah, well, that's, that's the way I try to go a little bit out of the system uh, but yeah, I, 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 I agree in the idea of having a very uh, healthy organic uh, Mexico yeah Awesome. I think I gotta eat some more of your food. Yeah. Yeah, Go man. Ahead, guys. Thank Go you ahead. so much. No, I thank really, you guys. I really always appreciate your, your time. Anytime, anytime, no problems. Just uh, remember that Mexico wel welcomes you if you come with this idea of uh, sharing something that's important, and of course, of course, keeping something important from Mexico to you, yeah. to yourselves. Yeah. Thank you. Thank you so much, yeah, guys. No, thank thanks. You. Honestly. I Son del estado de Veracruz. Gracias.